Welcome to The F Word, a series of frank, honest and informative podcasts on one of today's conversational taboos, finance. See what we did there? If you're someone like me who dreads thinking about long-term financial planning but loves to make plans for the future, is too afraid to ask obvious questions about money and needs a financial kickstart, then join me as I start on my own adventure to address the F word and use it to better my life with confidence. I'm Emma Waddingham, editor of Legal News Wales, and in each episode, I'll be joined by a series of guests and our partner, RBC Bryn Dolphin, who will help me and you navigate finance. We'll explore why we don't talk about it enough, what on earth the current economic climate means to the vast majority, and how to take full control of your life and let money work hard for you, whatever your age, gender, income or mindset. I'm here to ask the stupid questions for you and make sure the conversations are down to earth, realistic and fun. If you missed an episode, don't worry. They're available to stream or download from LegalNewsWales.com, where you will also find helpful links and resources. Hi, and welcome to episode two of our podcast, The F Word, in, with Bryn Dolphin and hosted by Legal News Wales. Um, so we had a fantastic conversation in episode one, which if you missed it, uh, is available to download. Uh, we had Greg Tate from Bryn Dolphin and Colin Ellis uh, talking about the, some of the psychological, social, cultural reasons as to why ta- uh, the F word finance is a bit of a taboo subject um, and why actually we need to uh, kind of open our hearts and minds to talking about it and the wonderful things that that can offer. So I'd like to introduce you again to Greg Tate. Uh, Greg is a financial planner at Bryn Dolphin, based here in Wales. Greg's career in financial services started, I'm sure he'd be happy for me to tell you, in 1998 (laughs) and has provided financial planning advice for over 12 years. As well as being a family law accredited uh, individual at Bruin Dolphin, Greg is passionate about holistic planning and building a financial plan um, and relationship with clients so that their wealth can help them to live their best life, which I think is something we can all aspire to. I absolutely love chatting to Greg, so I'm really pleased that he's here. But I'd just like to caveat that if you hear the odd sport metaphor <laughs> in this podcast, uh, Greg is a keen um, golfer and also a Football Association Wales qualified coach, which I didn't know until I read his profile the other day. Um, hi Greg, it's lovely to see you again. And you, glad <laughs> to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, so, I mean, we usually start the session off with what do we what do we know? We know that broadly speaking, uh, money worries keep most of us awake at night. Now, whether it's a small to the large, it could even be things that um, not necessarily how much you've got in your bank account or in your savings, but planning for something that you know obviously requires you to have um, access to money. So, whether that's retirement um, or a wedding. Uh, as I have upcoming, uh, we're going to talk about some of those things and the impact that that can have, obviously. Um, so we've had the strangest two years um, and the la- and the usual worries have been undoubtedly amplified with the pandemic. Um, and we're hopefully out of that now. But of course, you know, some of the most common causes of stress, pandemic or otherwise, is money. I think that's probably fair Definitely. to say. So whether you have a six-figure salary or live month to month, it's fair to say I can expect everyone listening to admit you're worried about money to some extent at some point. And many concerns stem from uncertainty surrounding earning it, keeping it, growing it and spending it, which is my favourite thing. (laughs) Um, I'm not the financial expert, as I've probably made out in this conversation, uh, but I comfortably go out on a limb and say that mental health and finances are absolutely interlinked. And poor mental health can make managing your finances harder. Feeling stressed about money can make you feel worse. 
And it's a real catch-22. Now, I know I feel better spending money rather than saving it when I'm stressed. Um, That's where you're the expert, is it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and my other half can contest the amount of boxes that go in and out because it's made me feel better and then I'm off to return it again. Um, and the guilt creeps in and that's exactly what happens. Um, and that can lead to stress. So, you know, I have the odd night when I can't sleep and everything comes a little bit overwhelming. Am I earning enough? Am I invoicing enough as I'm self-employed? Does my daughter have enough in her savings account uh, for her first car, her first home? She's four. I mean, she's pretty much taken all of my spare pennies and put them in her bank account, but never mind. Um, and does my partner worry? You know, I worry about him and, and the stress that he might have about our financial future. So some of the signs of stress that we all may uh, recognise, according to Mind Charity, include feeling irritated or overwhelmed, anxious, scared or worried, unmotivated, uninterested in life and a racing mind that you can't seem to slow. Uh, that might lead to headaches, physical aches, insomnia, breathlessness, arguments with your family, your other half, your friends, your colleagues. It doesn't really make a happy list, does it, Greg? Uh, no, it's not a great list, is it? And I would, I would argue that a lot of it's probably quite unnecessary. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think people worry specifically about money, but they worry about a consequence of not having the money that they need mm. when they need it. So if we take a really obvious example, which is a question that quite a lot is about retirement, how much money do I need to be able to retire when I want to retire? So they're not, they're not worried about money, it's about mm. being able to retire at the right point yeah. and to afford a lifestyle. That, that's so yes, yeah, so we've got different people juggling different priorities, the biggest question is, 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 you know, how do I prioritise the list of things that I need to get sorted out? And setting out a plan, setting out a route forward is the best way to ease that stress. You've got, you've got a route, you've got a map, a bit like going on a journey. You understand what you need to do to get there. You can then set about achieving those objectives as opposed to worrying about what you don't necessarily know. Absolutely, because it's really easy to just finally fall asleep uh, and forget all about it and have a fresh new day tomorrow. And of course, those concerns. It's been, it's been talking about that in episode one, you know, putting our heads in the sand a bit like an yeah. ostrich. Um, that kind of suggests to me that maybe I'm not um, over-egging <laughs> the pudding here, um, that it is something that happens and it's quite common. I mean, Greg, yourself, you're all human. You're a master of financial planning, but does, does finance and money keep you awake at night? Master is very complimentary, thank you. Um, I, I wouldn't say it keeps me awake at night, but then I wouldn't say I don't think about it at all. Um, I've got a young family, children, um, eight and nine years old, married, mortgage, need to save for retirement. Um, so I do think about it, but clearly given what I do, I should have a plan, I do have a plan. So if I'm ever thinking about something or slightly worried about it, I can just go and check the plan. Am I on track? Am I where I think I need to be? And I can make a decision and say any action that needs to be taken if I think I'm not. Mm. Typically, I will be. Um, but there are occasions where I think okay, I might want to save a little bit more money. But all, all that I'm really doing is I'm running back to the front door, making sure that it's locked. Yeah. It is locked. And I wander off and worry about different things instead. That, that's essentially all the plan is. That's my nightly routine, I have to say. Um, <laughs> and obviously, our, our listeners, a lot of our listeners will be uh, from the legal profession. And the fantastic Law Care, which I'm sure many of you um, know, uh, the mental health charity for the legal sector, they published um, its Life in the Law um, research at the end of 2021, which aimed to expose the reality of lawyers' mental health and well-being 
um, across England and Wales, including the impact of COVID. Now, um, some of the issues that they raised included burnout, which isn't something that is not new. Um, and some of the, 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 the biggest points that leapt out to me, I don't think are specifically pandemic related. So I'm really keen to talk about those. And yeah. 50% of respondents said financial security was a concern. Forty-eight percent said that you know job security was a great concern, and that forty another forty percent said that career progression uh, was also a concern. And in the year of the great relocation that we've just had, and we know from the recruiters that we work with, the financial rewards are topping lawyers' reasons to move to a new firm alongside job security and career progression. Now that's fantastic. So uh, lawyers are looking for you know maybe more money, but we've also heard that, and particularly from junior lawyers, that you've got that kind of work life balance um, aspiration as well so um, there's going to be this need to say well okay if this is what I want from life what do I need to get there Um, and seemingly they're earning more money so that there's more hopefully in the pot to help them do that. Uh, which is good news. So who in particular worries about work-life balance? Um, Law Care report that women are generally more concerned about this in the 26 to 35 age group, which sadly I just fall out of. Uh, when we look <laughs> intersectionally at who is more concerned about financial security, those from ethnic minority groups are around 10% more likely to register this as a major concern for them. Um, and that's 67%. And again, it's women in the 26 to 35 year old age bracket who worry about their financial security. Interestingly, however, over half of respondents um, aged around 56 to 65 also report significant concerns over financial matters in the past year. Now, we are running more episodes digging deeper into these issues, uh, such as females and finance, um, diversity, um, and also areas, uh, specific specific areas um, of of finance and investment. Um, But Greg, on a broad scale, does this kind of report surprise you? Do the outcomes surprise you? No, not at all. I think if you go back a couple of years at Brundolph and we did the financial wellbeing in the legal sector report, Mm. that gave us similar outcomes. People, um, if I take the the gender issue first of all, what we seem to be finding in in the various surveys are that you could have a female and a male at the same point, but the male is more confident about the outcome. Mm. I think that comes through in the surveys, rightly or wrongly. Um, But in terms of security, no, your point there was people worry about financial security. So what does security mean to you on an individual level? Because mm-hmm. for one person, it's different to the next person. So what do you need to feel secure financially, both now and in the future? That's the whole purpose of a plan. Yeah. You know, where am I now? Where do I want to be? How do I, how do I get there? In terms of different age groups, um, the age group highlighted there was the um, those approaching retirement. That would be quite... Normal, but time's running out. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure I've got a plan in place. Of course, I've got to panic about it. Yeah. It's, so, you know, it's about, I think it's just addressing those concerns as early as possible. Um, I think some of the, the survey that we've done, our latest survey indicates there's a lack of understanding about investing, investment risk, mm-hmm. compound growth. So, for example, if I save £10 a, uh, a month for 20 years, I get the same growth rate as if I save £20 a month for 10 years, I'm better off saving the small amount for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. So I think there's opportunity costs there where people are spending too long procrastinating, not making a decision, not seeking help, mm-hmm. um, exacerbating their concerns because they're not taking any action on it, yeah. um, and, and moving forwards. And I, I reiterate it, I mean, I have a plan. If I'm ever feeling slightly nervous or I think, oh, the markets are down, where's, where's my plan? I can go back and look at it, look what it looks like in the future, and I'm a lot more comfortable. So I think that that's the, the biggest step is 
understanding what you need to do to achieve your your long-term objectives. Absolutely and and of course things change as well throughout people's lives and um, whether they come into money or or perhaps there's a a concern about how much they might be earning or a partner perhaps takes maternity leave and that can impact things for a short or long term so there's lots of different trigger points out there and um, and we talked about those in episode one and and, and also with with Colin um, mentioned it was quite interesting going back to what you were saying um, about finding the same outcome as law care that people are concerned mm-hmm. about it uh, whereas some of the respondents to um, other surveys that, that you've, they've done with Bruin um, mentioned that people feel oh no we're fine we talk about our finance all the time yeah yeah, yeah we're all happy uh, but actually the reality is that, that probably that they aren't um, so what are some of the most common concerns that you'll find with clients and obviously we'll be generic we don't want to um, list too much detail but are you find, do you find there are differences between your clients specific concerns uh, we've talked about the different stages of life but w- what are you finding on a day to day basis um, I'd say the overriding concern is always have I got enough mm-hmm. money to achieve what I want to achieve, whether it's short term, whether it's longer term, um, that can be made a little bit more specific. Um, so if you approach retirement, I think from one client, he wasn't he wasn't happy at work. He wanted to get off the hamster wheel. Um, so we, we set out a plan. We worked out what he needed when he needed it. So by, by plan, what I mean is when did he want to retire? Um, when did his wife want to retire? Mm-hmm. What kind of life do they want to live? What kind of income did they need to support that life we can demonstrate that he, he could afford to taxi whenever he wanted so now he doesn't want to go off the hamster wheel because he much enjoys work <laughs> he's not stressed about it anymore yeah. so he's quite happy so I think that that first question is always have I, have I got enough there will be instance, instances in between so for example when people start a family mm-hmm. they become a lot more concerned about things like life assurance yeah. you know so if I'm not around what what's left so if you think about just me as an example if I were to, if I'd been around my bus yesterday, because it's yesterday's always mm. easier, it's not going to happen anymore, is it? Um, what happens to capturing the kids? Yeah, you know, that that's quite specific. Yeah, um, maybe things such as helping children through university, maybe help them off the property ladder. The overriding question is always, have I got enough? But the the specifics for each individual or each individual family are quite different depending on their circumstances and what's important to them. Absolutely, um, and you know, and, I, and and that's really partly what again we we, we spoke about before, which is to um, bring a professional in and someone like yeah. yourself and, and reach out and, and and you know if you're already feeling fairly anxious enough to be. Um, kept up at night worrying about these things and perhaps taking it on yourself isn't isn't something that that is going to help um i mean to say to people who plan ahead sleep better is that what we're saying uh, i would say yes <laughs> I, I sleep quite well good worry about football and golf that's, that's <laughs> primary concern to me um but you think about the client just mentioned you know to give yourself every once yeah. So yeah of course he sleeps better i've got other clients who were concerned about um again have, have i got enough I'm just thinking a couple of clients specifically just over just over the bridge in England and they they were worried could they retire could they help their children set everything out mm-hmm. um, initially they couldn't so we, we worked through them can, can they can they work for a little bit longer they could work for a little bit longer now the plan is in place no longer worried whenever I go and see them they would take that for lunch <laughs> so they're, they're sleeping better yeah definitely I think yes I, the, the, I think the, the best thing about a plan is even if you're not currently on target, the plan tells you or helps you to understand what you need to do to get on target. Yeah. So rather than worrying, 
you've got a set of actions to take. So then it's, it's then your responsibility to take those actions, clearly. But you know, you, you've got a direction of travel. You know, you know where you're trying to get to. Whereas if you don't seek help, you don't take action, everything's unknown. Yeah. You know what that means? It's, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind. You probably, I hesitate to say, you probably worry too much. But without the action... It's unnecessary yeah. worry again, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, really it, in a nutshell. That's yeah. it, yeah. Without the action, it becomes bigger. That monster grows in your head. Mm. You then hide away from it. Just, it's just a, it just gets worse and worse. Whereas actually, if you take action, the plan will give you the direction to go and you can start start walking down that road. Absolutely. And, and we talked about before, you know, track that, that there's a common misconception about um, financial planning and investment being a little bit boring or, mm. you know, trying to keep you on track too much and not being able to have fun. Um, of course, you plan for the fun, I would assume. Yeah. And, and a plan is not me boring you to death <laughs> about the intricacies of pension planning, tax legislation, investment markets, investment risk. The plan is what's important to you, yeah. when is it going to be important, and what do you need to fund it? And then the, the rest of it, if you become interested, we could talk to you about it. Yeah. Most people aren't. Most people, most people are what's in it for me. What, you know, what's important for me? Where do I need to get to? And so, so fun is a key part of that, yeah, because this is about life, isn't it? Yeah. And what, what COVID has done is, is the pandemic has given people a lot of time at home. A lot of our clients have thought about what's important to them you know, is it is it the nine to five or the, the nine to nine PM, or is it is a time I want to wait from work? So how do I how do I balance those priorities? And again, the, the, the fun is in there. So you don't have to turn off Instagram just yet no. uh, if you've got some of those aspirations from there. Um, no. So in, after a year with financial pressures stopping the nation from sleeping, uh, is now the best time to make the most of the support around you and start planning ahead? Um, and, and then obviously, and why speak to a professional like yourself, Greg? Yeah, and um, if you haven't done anything about it, now is always the right time. It's, it's pointless waiting. Um, procrastinating is not going to solve anything. Um, and why speak to professional? I would, I would say you know, speak to one or two. It's it's you, what you need to be able to have is a relationship with somebody that you can trust, you get on with, that you can have an open and honest conversation with, to be able to plan it and to be honest. Okay, so the the, the conversation we have about what's important to people. As a financial planner, I'm always never to judge what's important to somebody. What's important to me is football and golf. <laughs> somebody might find that completely puerile, but other people have other things that are important to them. So it's trust understanding an open relationship and then you can you can build a plan together and, and take away the concern absolutely and i've had a sneak peek um, at that survey and, and those are the top of the list mm-hmm. uh, for those uh, seeking help particularly from brian dolphin about you know what what, what was it that, that kind of tipped them over the line to go and speak to a, a financial planner um and it is also about that relationship and and, and the you know the the kind of relationship that you have with that advisor as well. Um, so just to kind of recap what we've learned, that, um, particularly over the last two episodes, really, that we know that we don't talk about finance enough. Um, there's a, an obvious consequence there that it does keep us awake at night um, and planning for the things that we want in life um, is a worry if we think that we can't achieve them. Whereas actually, if we just take a step back, go and speak to somebody who really knows their stuff uh, and to hold your hand through that, uh, through that planning journey, um, and being able to tweak it. It's not set in stone like anything. No, you're absolutely right. A, a plan is, is a good old Donald Rumsfeld, which I say to a number of clients, a plan is a known knowns at any point in time. Mm. And it is not, it's definitely not a contract. Situations change, priorities change, therefore lifetime objectives change. It's, it's about drawing a line in the sand, making a start point, mm. 
And then we review that ongoing. So much like when I go back and check my front door is locked, that's what we do. We, 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 we review it ongoing. Are you on target? Has anything changed in terms of what's, what's important for you? Are you on target? Do we need to change the plan at all? Yeah. If yes, then we can discuss what changes need to be made. If no, we carry on and we go through the same process year after year. Absolutely. And, and, and these podcasts are really about giving you confidence to go and take that first step. And, and so in the future episodes, we'll be un, um, unpicking some of the some of the technical terms that may have been mentioned. We will be sharing the survey as well. Um, so I hope that you join us uh, for more of our podcasts on, uh, to help debunk the F word myths and explore <laughs> some of the realities of financial planning. Um, with, as I say, some of the episodes focus on different life stages and um, not just for yourself, but also potentially for your clients um, and also for your family around you. Um, obviously, we know it's satisfying to spend, so we can include the fun in there, uh, but then save. And I know that Greg and his team will help to try and change my mindset uh, in the episodes as we as we go along. So thank you, Greg, again for your time today. I've loved it. Thank you. Thanks. And we'll speak to you soon. If you missed an episode, don't worry. They're available to stream or download from LegalNewsWales.com, where you will also find helpful links and resources.